cultures may have lots in common. Yet remember, two magnets with the same polarity do not stick together. They say that differences are dangerous, yet seven stripes on the same color will never make a rainbow. Don't be deceived by similarities, but don't focus too much on the differences. Devil is in the details. Same but different series aims to show what national cultures have in common, what makes them different, and how both the similarities and differences influence the way we do business. Nobody ever won an argument with the customer. Follow the lead and stay on point. Don't try to make an emotional connection. Keep the best offer till the last moment. Never lay your cards on the table too soon. Follow the so-called Jugad approach. Make quick fixes with the resources you have at hand now. Staying flexible is key. Welcome back to the Same But Different series. It's the third and as for now the final episode on the Indian and Chinese cultures. I am Tatiana Hranovetska, a communication and culture consultant at SoftServe. And we continue our conversation with you and my colleagues, culture enthusiasts, Christian Lural and Yulia Zabolotna. Happy to talk to you again, ladies. In our first episode, we discussed the need in the Indian and Chinese cultures to have structure and hierarchy. Last time, we compared and gave you examples of indirect communication or how they save face and deal with conflict. Today, we are focusing on customer-centric communication, namely do's and don'ts around dealing with the Indian and Chinese customers across all stages of collaboration. Jul Christ, before we get down to cultural peculiarities, it might be worth explaining who we mean by a customer. In this episode, we will be referring to anyone on the client's end as a customer, whether it's a product owner, a manager, or just anyone from their internal development team. Indeed, we are dealing with hierarchical cultures, which means a vendor wouldn't be seen as an equal, even by the customer's internal team. The vendor has been hired not to develop the product together, but rather to assist an internal team. Needless to say, that kind of attitude impacts the approach to communication. This is why it is important to understand cultural dynamics at hand. You know, many customer service training programs give a quote which is often attributed to one of the most renowned Indian leaders, Mahatma Gandhi. And the quote says, A customer is the most important visitor in our premises. He is not dependent on us. We are dependent on him. He is not an interruption in our work. He is the purpose of it. He is not an outsider to our business. He is a part of it. We are not doing him a favor by serving him. He is doing us a favor by giving us an opportunity to do so. A customer is not someone to argue with. Nobody ever won an argument with the customer. Christy Yule, how much does it tell us about the way an Indian or Chinese customer expects to be treated? It does tell us a lot. All the respect and attention they expect, the place a customer takes in a corporate hierarchy. Thought about the same thing. To me, it's also about patience to their needs and willingness to understand their concerns. I like the quote. It's believed to be pretty old, but its ideas might be eye-opening in modern business as well, especially when we want to find a way to work with Indian or Chinese customers. The customer is not dependent on us. We are dependent on them. What are your thoughts about it? 
how could we explain it from a cultural standpoint? Just some cultures may see doing business together as partnership, regardless of the fact that one of them is a vendor. But that's not what can be observed when dealing with Indians and Chinese. They are the ones calling the shots since they are the ones paying. That's where the hierarchy shows, and this should be respected. Be patient and cautious as you start your cooperation. Observe. Act accordingly. When in Rome, you know. If you see your customer is not the one to start a conversation on a personal note, for example, follow the lead and stay on point. Don't try to make an emotional connection. And that greatly influences cooperation in lots of aspects. For example, when negotiating with the Chinese or Indians, make sure they understand that they are getting the best deal and the best price. You need to win them over. By the way, keep the best offer till the last moment. Never lay your cards on the table too soon. Hmm. And when dealing with Indian clients specifically, make sure you are in a position to negotiate. Ensure your own team members have appropriately senior title if they are delegated the role of dealing with the client. Move slowly but surely through negotiations. Be ready for lengthy discussions for all the details to be agreed on. No one wants their decision to come and bite them, so things get discussed at all levels. It takes time. Thus, plan ahead for potential delays. But look at the process as an investment. This stage should speed up the process of implementation afterwards. Bargain if needed. This is seen as a part of the negotiation process. On a side note, avoid being ironic. It rarely lands well. I am excited about all the recommendations you are sharing. They show how important it is to be prepared and patient. Another idea which I found even more thought-provoking in the quote is the customer is not an interruption of our work. They are the purpose of it. What kind of lessons could we take from it into our communication with customers? Well, let's face it. When an Indian customer asks for details of the tasks at hand, it may even seem annoying at first. Don't they trust us? We are the experts. If we promise it will be done, we'll do it. What we need to see behind this seemingly controlling behavior is a true need. When they ask you for the details on X, what did they really ask you about? Think of the ways to present the information to them in a more comprehensive way, making sure their doubts, concerns, objections, and needs are addressed. Make time for one-on-ones, written dialogues, and whatever communication your clients are seeking. Show that their questions and needs matter, not just with words, but with your actions. Yulen, what shall we choose while working with Indians? Prioritizing quick results or focusing on long-term objectives? That's a very good question. First of all, be ready to give quick results. Don't make a client wait till you roll out that new big feature. Keep working towards that big goal, but in the meantime, be ready to present small changes regularly. Your Indian client does not expect things to be perfect. Be proactive and creative. Follow the so-called Jugad approach. Make quick fixes with the resources you have at hand now. Work on the improvements later. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for more insights. By the way, your example of 
make time for one-to-ones reminded me of a project I consulted some time ago. The project manager's concern was that the product owner from India was often too busy to read her lengthy reports and give the answers to the questions that followed the report. As a result, she couldn't get much information about the vision or priorities that the team needed so badly. To my question about one-to-one meetings, the project manager said that there were weekly meetings scheduled in the calendar, but the product owner rarely showed up or declined at the very last moment. Wow, so what did we do? First, we worked on updating the agenda before the meeting by mentioning what the project manager wanted to share and what kind of information she would like to get for her team. This showed the product owner how useful this meeting could be for him or why it was worth joining. If the meeting was really important for us, two, three hours before the meeting, the project manager would clarify in the chat if the time for their meeting was still okay and would briefly mention why she needed that one-to-one. This added importance to the appointments that she had sent out, and this showed what would be the return of the time the product owner would invest. Went just goes to show that there is a way if there is a will. Right, you are. Chrissy, a customer is not an interruption. A customer is the purpose of our work. How much is it about the way Chinese do business? What you are saying applies to Chinese too. Staying flexible is key. Chinese are truly less focused on processes and more on the needs at hand and quick fixes. They aren't there just to merely prevent us from working. If they have a sudden request or a question, then it's of real importance to them. Therefore, we just need to ask ourselves how we can help them right now with the issue at hand. Uh, This can also be observed during the meetings. Chinese do expect a clear agenda for the meeting. They need to understand what is supposed to be covered during the meeting. Yet, be prepared for the meeting not to go according to the plan, since they may be switching from one point to another or start discussing the items that were to be discussed at the end of the meeting. The thing is that they will be focusing more on what's important to them right now, and for the same reason, some meetings may even take longer than expected. And it might be quite a challenge to get used to this approach if you prioritize accurate planning and going according to plan. When we come back to the quote, there is another interesting point there. We are not doing our customers a favor by serving them. They are doing us a favor by giving us an opportunity to do so. What do you think about that? Well... I believe that a lot of people would dislike that idea. But that's exactly when hierarchy stops into place again. Since they are the ones ordering the service, they feel entitled to superiority in the situation. And that should be respected if you want to do business with the Chinese. They would see their vendor as someone inferior. And this hierarchical approach influences the communication. We all know by now that Chinese prefer indirect communication. But if they are superior, their style may get more direct towards the vendor. Christy, is there anything else that might influence their communication style? Absolutely. It's worth mentioning that the style of communication may be different from project to project, and a lot depends on the background of the customers. One of our colleagues, 
while working on a project with Chinese customers, mentioned that they were pretty Americanized. They seemed to have adopted the Western way of doing business and used a dial on their project. They were quite direct and brief in their conversations. Consequently, their feedback to the vendor's team would be quite direct, brief too, yet deprived of finger-pointing, for example. We need to review Codex because there are unexpected issues. Instead of saying, your team made a lot of bugs, now you have to review the code once again. Yuli, how much is it about the Indian culture? Hosting gave a nice example that shows getting more direct does not necessarily mean to become disrespectful of the people we have a conversation with. You know, Sometimes you may be surprised that your Indian customer turns down ideas and suggestions you see as absolutely great. It usually happens when their ideas get criticized. Never criticize an Indian client for the imperfect processes they have. Indians take a lot of pride in what they've built. Thus, open criticism is taken as a personal insult of their level of expertise. Shy away from calling their code defective, please. Once again, it's taken personally, almost as if you would call their child defective. Do not expect any trustful business cooperation after that. Instead, give your feedback only after you've been invited to do it. Be mindful of how you share your opinion. Try using questions like, do you think it could be a good idea if, or now that we have X, how about we try that? Show that it's them who have the last word and that their opinion is valued and respected. Yolande, what do you suggest with you if they never ask for our opinion? Then I suggest asking for permission. Do you mind if I share my observations? And then share your observations with facts and figures and no judgment. Would you be interested in what suggestions our team has to share? Choose questions over straightforward statements. Oh, questions are powerful. They are something that I personally absolutely believe in. Yet we have one more interesting point in the quote. A customer is not someone to argue with. Is that really so? If we speak about argument, it's a no-no. And by that I mean not only between you and your customer, but also inside the team in front of the customer. I mean, you can debate and have lots of discussions outside customer meetings, but in the meeting with your customer, you're expected to act as a well-oiled machine. And what if it comes to disagreement, not argument as such? Mm -hmm. Disagreement is a different thing. This is why and how to do it. Indians naturally avoid conflict in situations that are not that critical. They can give in when it comes to not very important things. As for me, that's something we can learn from them, how not to argue over small things. And even when it comes to some more crucial business issues, something you disagree with, do not say no immediately and openly. Say yes to even the smallest part of the process you can commit to. Be patient. Explain the why behind your ideas and be ready to see your point being turned down at times. Invite them to share their opinion before they start disagreeing with you. Listen. As they say, there are many ways to the top of the mountain, but the view is the same. 
while selling that idea, appeal to their sense of competitiveness. Show how what you are proposing will help them stand out in the market and get ahead of the game. Sounds like saying no to customers or requests is saying no to opportunities. Which of course doesn't mean that we must accept any request or, or commit to it. What we might want to do instead is show the customer, I can hear you have a need and this is how I can help you now. This is when it's feasible to have a result. And we either suggest our own timelines or we give our own conditions. Christ, we do not argue with the customer. Is that about the Chinese way of doing business? That would be a yes from me. Arguing wouldn't take you far. In the previous episode, we mentioned dealing with conflicts. The same approach should be applied here. If the customer is mad about something, there's no point in trying to shift the blame, finger point, or find excuses. Let them vent. Don't let it get to you. Say you're sorry, that they feel disappointed, and that's it. The curious thing is the fact that if they get a chance to speak out what's on their mind, they will be able to proceed with no hard feelings afterwards. Stay out of the conflict with Chinese. Stick to the safe face principle. Be flexible, patient, and empathetic to their needs. Stay conscious and mindful in your conversations. Keep your messages brief and clear. Prepare clear agendas and meeting follow-ups, and your cooperation will be successful. And this is a nice summary of what we were talking about. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Yulia, for sharing your experience and findings. We did try to generalize and share about behavior patterns and expectations that could have been shaped by people's background. Yet the most important thing to remember is that people are similar, yet different. Verify your assumptions, check stereotypes, be attentive to people you deal with here and now. It's the shortest way to building relationships and trust. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned and check out the episodes on other cultures too. Oh, 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 oh.